Hello and welcome to Valley Lights Church. Are you a member of any clubs or programs? There's a lot of places that have memberships that you can sign up for. I bet some of you might be members of Costco or Sam's Club, places that you get your picture printed on the card so it's got this fancy membership card. Or maybe you're a member at an airline because you've got one of those credit cards that gives you frequent flyer miles. I once got to enjoy the, the members club room inside one of the airport terminals and I've always wondered what is behind those doors? You can only get through if you're a member. Well, it was refrigerators full of free Cokes, internet, snacks on the bar. It was amazing. I looked totally worth it. Or maybe you've joined a country club or a golf course or a gym. <clears throat> and if you're a member, you can enjoy those facilities whenever you want. And I bet a majority of people are probably monthly members of Netflix or Disney Plus or some other streaming service. And I'm not really good at being a member at those things because I usually just sign up for a month and then unsubscribe immediately. <laughs> so I only just pay for one month at a time. And, you know, I, I guess my loyalty doesn't run all that deep. I think I've been a member at all these types of places and sometimes all at once. And it didn't seem to divide my loyalty all that much. My name is Bruce Wood. I'm the lead pastor here. And I'm really glad that you've joined us to listen this morning. Because right now we're in a message series called Momentum. And we've been looking at biblical principles that help you build spiritual momentum in your own life. And generate huge organizational power and momentum for our church to grow. One of these principles is church membership. At Valley Lights, we recognize the need to ask people to consider committing as members. And church membership is really different from all those other kinds of membership services that you might be carrying right now. The commitment is different. Our organization is different. The goals of membership here is different. For many clubs and services, Membership dips down into the level of your wallet. <laughs> but at church, membership dips down much deeper, down into the level of your heart. So you might wonder, so why do we as a church have membership? Maybe you don't know what membership is or whether or not you are one. You might have been in churches that don't have membership. And some of you listening have already walked through the membership process and become members. And so as you listen, I've got some things to share that I think are going to be helpful for you, regardless of whichever those categories you find yourself in. So I'm going to just start by asking this question. Why do we have church membership? And I'm going to look at, I'm going to give you four compelling reasons to consider it. And then I'm also going to address some arguments against membership that I've heard over the years. And the very first argument is, well, the word membership is not in the New Testament, so you shouldn't ask people to do something that's not in the Bible. Well, if you say that, you would be right. The word membership is not in the Bible, but the word member is. There's a Greek word, melos, which means body part or member. And really, the sense of the word is, it just kind of means any constituent part of an organism, such as an organ or extremity. And believe it or not, this word is found twin in 28 verses and in those verses used 45 times. 
Here's just one example. In Romans 12, 4 through 5, it says, Now, as we have many parts in one body, and that word parts, body parts, is referring to this word, Greek word melos, and all those parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So that word members is actually the same Greek word as body parts. And really, this is the majority of how that Greek word is used. The sense of being members of a larger body, the body of Jesus Christ. Now, I know there's churches in the family of God and fellow pastors, partners in the faith who don't promote church membership, and that's their call. That's fine. But here's some reasons that we do. There's some four compelling reasons. A biblical reason. Number one, the New Testament describes and assumes church commitment. Formal church membership is all about commitment. You can find a lot in the Bible about making a deep, sacrificial commitment to other believers. Take a look at Acts 2, 42 and 46. It says, They devoted themselves, they being the new believers in the first church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, and they broke bread from house to house. So twice you see that word devoted, and really what it means to be devoted, the word devoted means to be eager and dedication and loyalty. These people were dedicated and loyal and were eagerly doing that. This kind of intense commitment was a normal aspect of the first church. And then if you look throughout the New Testament, you come across another phrase over and over. It's another Greek word that we translate one another. Alelon is the word in Greek. But there's numerous instructions about how we are to relate to one another as members of the body of Christ together. Here's just a few examples. I'm going to just read them off. Um, love one another deeply. Have concern for one another. Serve one another. Submit to one another. Those are in Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Here's some more from 1 Peter and 1 Thessalonians. Be hospitable to one another. Encourage one another and build each other up. Welcome one another. Have fellowship with one another. 1 John. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. James, live in harmony with one another. Bear with one another and forgive one another. So there's actually, throughout the New Testament, there's, there's a whole lot more than just that. Approximately 45 commands all about how we relate to one another. And these instructions are written over the period of probably 60 years when the New Testament was written. This was an enduring way of the church. This was how they related. And I'd say it'd be very difficult to live out all of these commands if we only had surface-level relationships with people that we only saw sporadically. There's an idea that, man, we are doing life together. We're committed to the same things. We're pulling hard in the same direction. The idea of commitment to the local body of Christ followers is undeniable. And, you know, maybe formal membership wasn't needed in the early church because people who became Christians decided to be all in from the very beginning. There was so much cultural pressure and persecution. It was just too dangerous to become a casual Christian. If you were in, you were all in and people knew it. Today's a little different. You can be a Christian, 
but fly under the radar. <laughs> now it's much easier to have a light, casual commitment to church. So that's why the second reason for membership is a cultural reason. Membership is an antidote to our society. Nowadays, being a church-going Christian isn't all that dangerous. In fact, you can shop around for a church that has the flavor and programs that suit you. And that's not all bad. I mean, actually, I'm, I'm grateful that there, was, there are different kinds of churches for different kinds of people. And honestly, we need all the Bible-believing churches that we got in this city. But another argument tends to come up on this point. People might say, I can participate at church without committing as a member. Why do I even need this? And I think it's because church going in our society is comfortable and consumer driven. At least it tends to be. So what tends to happen is that without any commitment, church participation tends to stay in the realm of convenience. So a person may be hesitant to commit so I can keep my options open and I can keep expectations low. So I'm not expected to do too much. But if you're a Christ follower, it seems out of step from Jesus's example, which really is a model for our commitment to the church and even to marriage. In Ephesians chapter 5, 25, we look at how husbands are called to a high commitment to loving their wives. And here it says, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. No one could say that Jesus' commitment to the church was light or casual. It runs deep. And for most of us, without a commitment to hold us in place, we tend to drift toward whatever is comfortable and convenient. I mean, let's be honest. We live in an age where very few people want to be committed to anything. A job, a marriage, our country. Membership seems to swim against the current of America's consumer society. The great thing about becoming a member at church is it's an unselfish decision. A third reason that church membership is really helpful, it's a practical reason. It defines who can be counted on. As a church, we know we can depend on our members, and we've got a growing number of people that want to be depended on. Our membership process has a few steps. It takes time to complete, but whenever someone officially completes the whole process, I always say the same thing. I give a strong handshake or a warm hug, and I say, welcome to the family, because that person has just told us, I'm with you. You can count on me and I'm going to put my resources into making this church go. Think about it. In life, every sports team must have a roster. You got to know who's going to show up. Every school must have an enrollment. I mean, who are the students here? Every business has a payroll. Every army has an enlistment. There is an identifiable team or roster in many realms of life. In the world of racing, which has been a theme for this series, lots of different racing analogies as how we build momentum. When you think about Formula One race car driving, you tend to think about the driver. The driver gets the spotlight. And, you know, he's the one going around the track and is competing against the other drivers. There's only room for one seat in there. But it's just an illusion. Don't be tricked because this guy is backed by an entire race team. 
there's this photo of um, of a race team because in Formula One, if the two there's two drivers, and if they do win the race, they bring the entire race race team together for a photo, and it's just rows and rows of people. I mean, just look at them. There's so many people that are essential and dependent upon, and it is not a one man show. This driver depends on each person showing up for duty. The church is like this. We're a big unit, and we need each other if we're going to accomplish big things for God. The church is intended to be the place where we come together as sons and daughters of God and live together as members of God's big family. Not a dysfunctional family, a very highly functional one. Ephesians 2.19 says, So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. I love this imagery of being a member of God's family with all of you. There's an old song that you've probably heard, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a refresher because it gives us an idea of what this looks like. You can sing along if you want to. That's a beautiful song. I love it. This guy, Bill Withers, he's talking about friends. But that kind of mutual support that he's singing about, it's that's the kind of thing that runs deeper, like with family. And it actually is the case that um, me and my family got to experience this kind of support last week. Last Sunday, I opened up about a painful loss that we're walking through. Um, we've lost a pregnancy about halfway through, a little less than halfway through, and um, it has definitely been a tough week. And as we shared, there was a lot of encouragement that we got from people coming up to support us and hug us and um, text some verses of hope. And many people just dropped off some meals or just, you know, little treats and just expressions, tangible expressions of support. And Man, it's just, all of that really has meant a lot. A lot of you at Valley Lights are friends, but more and more it feels like family. In, fa- in fact, I refer to Valley Lights as my church family. And so this has been, you know, in, in that song it says, it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. And isn't that the case for all of us? And for us, we've needed some help and So we lean on each other and depend on each other. Another relevant example is, this is like a different category of counting on members, but we recently had a meeting for members, people that completed the whole membership process, and we discussed the possibility of moving away from our facility at Seiko Canyon and the possibility of moving back to Rio Norte Junior High School for our Sunday gathering with the possibility of that maybe even being in January. And as we discussed the pros and cons of that, the members that were there reaffirmed their commitment to be counted on, to 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 move or to help, you know, in any way. People just, without me prompting it, <laughs> some people said, hey, well, if we're going that direction, I'm right behind you, or you can count on me, or I'm going to, whatever it takes, I'll be there. And, and person after person expressed that kind of commitment in, you know, knowing like, 
will move if this is the path that God seems to be showing us. And that is is pretty powerful. It's amazing to see um, and to think about what we can accomplish as a unified body like that. That decision is still in process at the moment. But when it comes to membership, there is another concern that may arise for some people. There may be some who want to be dependent on, but feel like they should hold off because maybe they'd say, you know, I just don't know where I'm going to be in six months or next year or over the next two years. I just don't know. And since I don't know what the future holds, I probably shouldn't make any commitments. There may be some things about your life that are up in the air. But my response to that is always, well, you're here right now, aren't you? (laughs) Why not sink your roots as deeply as you can while you're here? If you move away, you can just sink deep roots in the new place when you get there. But if you end up, maybe maybe it ends up that you just stick around a little bit longer than you thought. Wouldn't it be far better to just invest deeply now? Even if you end up being here for a short time, it's better, I think, for us and for the person to have a full commitment for that short time. Not only does the church benefit, but it usually results in personal growth for you as well. And that's why the fourth and last reason for church membership is a personal reason. It Membership produces spiritual growth. And what, what happens in life, and this is a principle of life, is that we grow from commitment, not to commitment. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm, I need to get my life in place. I need to get the right habits. I need to become the right kind of person. And then after all that is done, I will make a commitment. But the growth doesn't really happen that way. What happens is... I just decide to make a commitment. And as soon as I do, well, I'm all in. And then we begin to grow. Man, now that we've put our stake in the ground and a decision has been made is when we can really begin to take off. The New Testament places a major emphasis on the need for Christians to be accountable to each other for growth. And we can't be accountable when we're not committed to any specific church family. So take a look at how we grow spiritually from Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It says, let us consider one another in order to provoke, or that word means like stir up, but really stimulate and energize love and good works. Stir each other up towards good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. We can press on together, cheering each other and challenging each other's growth. We really need to be together for that to happen. And there's actually a caution, a reason that we need this accountability. And and accountability is something that doesn't really sound that fun. It's like when there's people around you that kind of keep an eye on you and say something if you start wandering off track, which is honestly what we all have the temptation tendency to do. Hebrews 3.13, it says, encourage each other daily. That word encourage has an edge of challenge to it. Encourage each other daily while it is still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. This verse just points out the reality. We can be deceived by our own sin. We could maybe give in to something, or veer slightly off course, or make a decision that's not wise, and in the process, become deceived, and move in a direction, and we don't even realize it. But being committed to a specific church family puts us around people who can encourage us and challenge us 
warn us when we need it and restore us and spur us on to growth to become more like Jesus. We really do need each other. So I'll, I'll, I'll answer this with one more argument that I've heard come up against membership, and it's this. Making people commit to being a church member is just too controlling. You can't just force people to commit to these values and hold them accountable. It's too controlling. Now, a person who makes this argument is probably concerned about churches or leaders abusing their power and influence. And certainly, there have been abuses in church history. Times when the church was exploiting and taking advantage of people, using fear and manipulation. And these are strategies that go against the Bible. Sometimes you read about a scandal in the news, or maybe you've seen a church leader have a moral failure. Even just this week, another pastor of a megachurch in our country has had to step down from his position because of crossing the line. It feels sad that it gets to be frequent news. And because of this situation, there's a temptation that some might say, hey, you can't trust anybody at church, and you shouldn't make any commitments Keep yourself at arm's length. Don't get too invested and don't submit to leadership or accountability. But we really shouldn't swing to the extreme of putting no value on commitment. And and the reason is membership's not about grabbing for control of people. It It is my strong desire that membership at Valley Lights is a free and willing commitment made by each person without guilt and without coercion. No guilt means you don't have to. In fact, if you choose not to become a member, there's no penalty. You don't, you don't get pressured or bullied. And we want to teach accurately on this because, you know, if you're sorting through this or if you're not ready to consider membership this time, you can still participate here. You can still attend worship services. There are some groups that you can join. You can even serve on some of our ministry teams without being a member. But if you're not yet a member and you want to know at least what the steps are. The process has got three steps. One is to uh, attend the Discover class, Discovering Membership. And we have that a few times throughout the years, about three hours after church on Sunday. The next step is to have the Commit Conversation. Now, this is a a one-on-one or two-on-two meeting where we get together and just clarify, was there anything about our mission or our values or our statement of faith that you have questions about? Any concerns or ideas that you'd like to resolve, chance for us to get to know each other a little bit better. And then at the end of that meeting, you can formally commit. And the last step is to be announced as a new member at church on Sunday. And we actually did that. We announced some new members at church just this past Sunday, uh, this morning. And if you're already a member at Valley Lights, your commitment, I'm going to just tell you, your commitment has meant a lot to me. And it brings a lot of encouragement to the other members to know that, hey, there's more people committing to the team and to the family. This is great. So whether you've become a member recently or you've been a member for a while, I do want you to know that Valley Lights Church, our church, will gain momentum as members deepen their commitment over time. And there's ways that you can deepen it. And If you were to summarize the core of what a member commits to at Valley Lights, is three things. Our heart attitudes, which are our seven core values, our mission, and our statement of faith. 
So for our hard attitudes, those are our seven values where, you know, as a member, you've, you've agreed to living those out. Those are New Testament commands, and God's going to keep on sending you opportunities to live them out. <laughs> Things like putting the goals and interests of others above your own. You'll have plenty of chances to do that or to, be, to live an honest and open life. Or to do something like clearing up a relationship when it gets messed up. You'll have plenty of opportunity for that. Or supporting the work financially, participating in the ministry, following leadership. These are all things that, hard attitudes, that you might consider, hey, is there one of these values that I can put into practice at an even deeper level than I do now? And as a member, you can also deepen your commitment to our mission. And here it is. Here's our mission. To know, love, and glorify God. That is the first part. To know, love, and glorify God. The second part is to be used by him to help all people to know Jesus Christ and become fully devoted followers of him. And by God's grace, people have come to Christ here at Valley Lights. And people are learning to walk with God for the first time in real everyday life. It's so exciting to see lives being transformed. It's like God is using us as a special forces rescue team, rescuing people in Santa Clarita from the dominion of sin and darkness and helping people find their way into the kingdom of life. So as a member, you're part of that mission. You can use your time and your resources and your relationships to help people find Jesus and then to help people become fully devoted followers of him. So as a member, you can ask yourself, is there a way that I can place an even higher priority on this mission as it shows up in my life? And then that third thing that members commit to is our statement of faith. I'm not going to read these all out. We go through this in depth in our Discover class, but there are certain things in scripture that are very black and white. These are the essential beliefs. There's other things that would be considered disputable matters. There's some non-essential beliefs where Christians can have different views on things, and it's okay. But when it comes to those essential beliefs, the really black and white things, where the Bible is very clear, then we must hold firm to our convictions. So, I'm not sure where you're at in your journey with Valley Lights, but we hope that each person who has started out as an attender feels the space to investigate and is able to take time to explore what it means to follow God and what it means to become a member. And all the while knowing that you can still worship here and participate without being a member. Wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, you might consider taking the next step today. One next step might be to sign up for that next class, Discovering Membership. Maybe you're like, I, I know I need to commit, so I'd like to go to the next class. So let us know. Send us a message if you'd like to do that. Another next step might be to respond with, you can count on me next time a need arises at church. Or a third possibility is you might consider how you can live out our mission or heart attitudes in a fresh way. It's such a joy to see the way this church has grown. It's amazing to see individual lives getting turned around for the better. God's done a lot of amazing things through the sacrifices made by people who have committed to be a part of it. Next week will be the final message in this Momentum series. So far, we've looked at four crucial habits that help you grow and helps our church gain momentum. So we're looking at the fifth and final topic, and it's 
It's a really important part of church life. It's an aspect of gathering together in a way that many of these principles can be lived out in real time. So I hope you'll come back next week for the conclusion and finale of this series. Here, let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for um, the clarity your word gives us and for the patterns of church life that we see in the New Testament and ways that that just applies today. Thank you for the way that you've used our church to help many people find Jesus and, and how you've used the investment and commitment and sacrifice of people that are members here. And help each person to know um, where and how to make a deep investment in your kingdom. And if it's through Valley Lights, that they consider how to deepen their commitment here. Thank you for using us in the way that you build your kingdom. We're grateful for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.